Welcome to 22 Motivational Minutes with Marlo, where I help passionate entrepreneurs condense an hour of business research into 22 minutes of powerful conversations filled with knowledge, stories, and advice to help you achieve your one-year goal in 90 days. From national stages to your earbuds, I'm here to tell you that it's possible to have a profitable and sustainable business without the fear of overwhelm and uncertainty that comes with being an entrepreneur. It's all mojo and none of the fluff. It's time to get motivated in 22 minutes. All right, welcome to this week's episode of 22 Motivational Minutes with Marlo. And today, you know, this is going to be a really pivotal podcast. We have Laura Sokola with us, and Laura is a PhD. She is the founder of Vocal Impact Productions. She's a TEDx speaker with over 6 million views. She's an author, an executive coach, trainer, speaker. She comes to us from the Philadelphia area. Laura is on her own, has her own podcast, Speaking to Influence. And so we're going to have a really rich conversation, you know, uh, from the different principles that Laura loves to speak on, um, more about her TEDx talk, and just the genius that you bring into this space of, you know, where we're at and what you're doing. So welcome, Laura, to today episode. Thank you so much, Marlo. I'm so glad to be here. Absolutely. Okay. So, you know, give us some insight. So, you know, we hear Laura from that vantage point on a bio, but, you know, give us some insight on this podcast. Um, You know, what is that backstory, Laura, and how did you get to where you are today in what you're doing? The podcast itself is speaking to influence communication secrets of the C-suite. And the intent of it is for to be not just an industry leader or a business leader of some sort. You can't just have the, the technical expertise. You have to have the communication skills, the soft skills, the people skills to be able to lead. The tech stuff is only going to get you so far. And then you hit this plateau. And the idea is that I'm interviewing C-level executives and equivalent of different uh, for-profit, non-profit, everything possible to share that no matter how diverse their industries and their missions are, et cetera, that where the communication skills still come into play, what they look for when they're hiring and promoting, mistakes they made along the way, lessons they had to learn sometimes the hard way, and uh, all of that because it's not just that these people were born perfect and thus they built these great businesses or rose to the top. They had to learn the same things we all do along the way. So we talk about uh, conflict management, public speaking, succession planning, uh, executive presence, all that good stuff. And it's, you know, my background is as a linguist, and as an educator, understanding what it is about the way we speak that creates what I call the blind spot. And that's that gap between how you think you come across and how you actually come across when you speak. And once you start to understand what's creating that gap, first you got to be able to see it. And then to understand why it occurs, that's where the power lies. And when you can harness that, that's when you can start to really have influence, which is the foundation of all success. Right. Now, how do you define that gap? You know, because it's really tough to have that introspective and and see it with ourselves. How do you approach that process when you're working with your clients, Laura? There's a lot of different ways you can do it. In part, is starting to think about how they want to be seen. They have to define that first. Many people haven't really thought about how to operationalize that construct, right? How do you, what kind of reputation do you want? It's funny. I'll ask people at the beginning, uh, give me three adjectives to describe qualities that you want people to, to see in you when you speak, whether it's in a meeting, in a presentation, on the phone, whatever. And I usually have to say, smart doesn't 
count. It's like if you watch Wheel of Fortune and that speed round at the end, they sort of just now give you the, the NS and a couple of other ones that everybody always picks. Because most people will give me three synonyms of the word smart. Oh, I want them to see me as smart and intelligent and expert. I'm going, that's cheating. That's not three. Besides that, because that's the problem. We only think of ourselves as wanting to show our expertise on a technical level. It's everything else that matters. Do you sound confident? Do you sound relatable? Are you approachable? Are you flexible and, and empathetic? Are you passionate? Are you compassionate? All these different things are qualities that leaders need to not just have, but to be recognized as having. If you feel those things, but nobody knows you feel them or you, you don't exude them well, then you're going to miss the mark. And the biggest gap between being a leader and being a boss is that a boss is a boss because they are in the role that says they're the boss. A leader, you could be an intern in the mailroom and be viewed as a leader because leadership is an image. And it's all about the way that you communicate and how others can relate to you that makes them want to follow voluntarily, makes them want to get on board behind your vision and help you turn it into that reality. That's where your power is. Being the type of leader that others want to follow and really yes. defining that, looking at that, and mastering. Okay, so you have a guide, mastering the three C's. Take us through those three C's. You know, what, what's that level of expertise that you really want to share with other people right now? Everything that I teach circles around mastering what I call the three C's, which is the ability to command the room, connect with the audience, and close the deal. Commanding the room, first and foremost, is about when you start to talk, do people inherently stop to listen? What is it about the way that you capture their attention and you maintain their attention? Whether you're actually in a room, in front of a table, in front of a desk, or on stage at a podium, on, or for that matter, like now, on camera. Everybody's on video nowadays. You have to command the screen the same way that you command the room when, when you're not virtually. The second C is the connect with the audience. So, okay, you've, you've got their attention. Now, what are you doing with it? Are you drawing them in? Are you making them feel like you get it because they feel like you get them? And as a result, they get you. Somehow there has to be that sense of understanding, mutual understanding. That's your ability to connect with the audience. And then closing the deal doesn't necessarily mean exchanging money, signing on the dotted line. It means getting to yes. And it could be just one step. It could just be deciding that, yes, we're going to continue this discussion tomorrow. Yes, we're going to look at the next step. Yes, we're going to, maybe you are going to do business together. Great, congratulations. But it doesn't have to be that massive or that transactional. It's just making one step each time. Laura, I'm curious too, of those three C's, yes. is there one that really stands out that people have the largest gap with? They're sequential to the okay. extent that commanding the room is, is about how you show up in the first place. If you don't show up well, it's going to be really hard to connect. And if you can't command and you can't connect, then there's not really going to be much to close in the first place. So you can derail yourself before you even begin. Uh, and that's, that's the, the biggest challenge is that it is cumulative. People want to go right to closing the deal and saying, look, I'm just going to be clear. I'm going to be direct and everything's laid out. Look, it's the contract is right here. So we're good, right? Um, no, that doesn't quite work that way. Right. So the introspection is really critical to figure out where, what, what you're missing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's very beneficial. So you've published a book. Tell us the name of the book and you know, who did you write it for? 
the book is called Speaking to Influence, Mastering Your Leadership Voice. And it's really written for anybody who wants to have more influence, whether it's on personal relationships, professional relationships. I mean, it was written for, from the business perspective, but frankly, a good chunk of the stories, anecdotes, lessons that are in the book are personal relationship examples with my husband, with kids, with whoever it is, uh, because people are people. And if you learn these skills, you learn these strategies, you should be able to be heard and be understood by people from all different realms. So whether it's your 13-year-old or your boss or whoever it is, recognizing where you're getting in your own way, that's the key. Because in any conversation, there's two people involved, them and you. They're not reading the book. I can't fix them. You're reading the book. So we can work on you and help you get out of your own way to figure out how to connect with that person and master those three C's. So for you, what is it about influence? Like when you started your studies and you really put a passion around helping people gain yes. influence, give us a story about you know why you're so passionate about it, why you see it as such a pivotal piece of success in your own personal brand. I think universally, one of the greatest frustrations that everyone experiences is that feeling of, but you don't understand. If you just understood then, and that's where miscommunications happen. That's where fights and arguments happen. That's where longstanding grudge matches happen. That's where stalemates happen at, at work. And there's often many very small details, almost all of which are controllable, that are what cumulatively add up to that big block. And it's, it's heartbreaking for me to watch people, whether they're in the boardroom or in the living room or wherever it happens to be, where they're just talking past each other. And it's so clear what needs to happen where somebody is not being clear or not being effective in their own speech, where they're not listening well, where there's emotion that's running as opposed to logic and clarity. And most people Again, there's lots of things that the other person might be doing that are unfair or whatever else. But if each person can take a step back and say, what am I not doing well? What am I missing that's keeping us from being able to hear each other? And it does have to be mutual. Sometimes you have to do the listening first and there are skills to do that. And then in order to get the other person to be willing, much less able to listen. Uh, but it's, it breaks my heart to see so many people hit so many walls because they don't feel understood. And that's that first step. You can break through that wall. You can break through anything. And that's where everything begins for me. You know, it's really interesting as you're describing influence, the number of ingredients that go into it, right? Yes. You, you listed, an, it, it's a number of things that you have oh, to yes. do in order to be an influential leader. And so, you know, it may be just one missing ingredient that's just not connecting in the right way for you to, to have that level of influence. And so, you know, of those pieces and those ingredients, let's call them sure. for influence, is there one that really stands out, Laura, that you love to help people with the most or that you find is the biggest barrier or obstacle for people trying to gain their influence? That's a good question. I think that there are many that are common, to say the least. Everything from imposter syndrome to fear of public speaking, which is actually fear of public judgment, not technically fear of public speaking, to uh, egos getting in the way, which are often uh, hiding insecurities on a more aggressive manner, just masking them differently, to intercultural differences that change, uh, that create filters 
that influence how I choose to say something versus how you end up interpreting it, despite best of intentions on both parts, perhaps. Um, but I think one of the things that is interesting for me when I'm especially doing Q&A sessions at speaking engagements or other kinds of events, people will give me scenarios. And they'll say, well, what do I do when, you know, this guy at work is blah, 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 you know, or when somebody does X, how should I respond? And my answer inevitably starts with, it depends. And it becomes kind of the running joke that people who don't anticipate that are like, you said this six times in a row now. So yes, that's, it depends. But my answer ends up giving them is not the formula or the recipe of exactly what they should do, how they should say it, and what their response should be. It's, let me get you to start thinking about the questions you should be asking, not just what's the answer. So things like, what other pressures does this person have that could be impeding them from saying yes? What might they be feeling in the moment? What are some of the barriers or what else, you know, and we start going through the, what about this? What about this? All the other things you didn't consider that could be pressuring them to do something else or otherwise to say no to you. And when people start realizing, oh, you know, I hadn't considered these 47 different factors. Right. That's the whole point. It's never just one thing. There's inevitably a whole constellation of factors that are related. And frankly, that's why the book is necessary because you can't just say, you know, spin the wheel and have it land. Uh, the roulette wheel is on, okay, 42 black, which is, okay, intonation. Yeah, there probably is. With intonation tends to come facial expressions and tends to come emotion behind it. What caused the emotion? What, if you're yeah. just looking for a single element, it's not a, it's not a magic fix. You know, I tell a lot of my clients, I'm holding up a pen right now. It's a pen, not a wand. So we have to get all the pieces together. When you start to learn to ask the right questions, that's when you find the real answers. Oh, I love it. Yeah, absolutely. It goes into that space. Okay. So the majority of our listeners are these very passionate entrepreneurs out there with the word influence. How does it look differently to an entrepreneur versus a C-suite leader? Is there a difference in your opinion? Give us some insight on that. To the extent that entrepreneurs were talking in this context, at least maybe smaller companies or at different stages of starting up, ultimately, you are the CEO of your own company if you're the entrepreneur. So, I mean, I have a team of a dozen people who work for me, but they're all subcontractors for the most part. They've been with me for years, but nevertheless, we were a team. But as far as the, the actual structure of the company, I'm the CEO and mailroom intern. <laughs> you know, that's, it all comes together. So, when number one, as for entrepreneurs at the earlier stages in particular, you have to think about yourself as the C-level. You know, I've started just this year really putting my team together on a different level and starting to think of myself not just as the independent coach, trainer, consultant, speaker, whatever else who hires people to do stuff, but to bring people together and start deputizing groups and saying, you guys are going to take care of this element for me of social media figure it out together and come back and let me know what you decide. Talk among yourselves, bill me for it. That's fine. But I don't want to have to be the go-between to manage all these discussions and whatever else. Like learning to, to see yourself as the leader, learning to relinquish control, learning to still be clear and not understand. It's not binary between being nice and being direct. You really need to figure out how to do both at the same time. But the C-level executives at the higher, at larger organizations, the difference really is the number of people who are holding them accountable. 
so who they have to influence, their board of directors, their whole cadre of employees, their, their franchisees, their, are we talking, they're in charge of the salaries of 10,000 people. That's a little bit different than an entrepreneur. So pressures are different, but at the same time, they're pretty solid in their salaries. They know where their paycheck is coming from, how much each week. Uh, an earlier stage entrepreneur may not have that stability. So the, the pressures to perform on different levels from week to week uh, are much more tangible on other levels. So it's really, who do you need to influence now and why? No, and I love it. And the thing that I'm hearing, and I think most of the listeners are hearing, you know, it comes down to communication. So it yes. really doesn't matter the title, but influence comes through the form of communication. And we all have to communicate at some level. Okay, so tell us about your TEDx talk. You've had some experience. Give us, you know, what was that um, presentation about? And how did it capture so many views? That's such a, the second part of that question is something that I'm still trying to figure out in some ways, because when I watched the TED Talk itself is called Want to Sound Like a Leader? Start by Saying Your Name Right. And it's all about the how you project what when you speak, what do people hear, how do you make sure that you're projecting what you want to project, as I described earlier. And you know, you watch the Google, the analytics on Google on YouTube over time. And in the first six months, I thought I did pretty well considering I'm not much of a marketer. I'm not a very you know, social media oriented person. I'm getting better now, but five years ago when this launched, I was really doing not much of anything on that front. And in about six months, I realized that it had about 50,000 views. And I thought, well, that's pretty good. I was pretty impressed. And then I didn't look for a little while. And around the end of the year, I went back to see how much it had uh, changed. And when you look at the graph, there was this hockey stick moment. And if you're talking to a bunch of entrepreneurs, you know exactly what I mean by the hockey stick moment. And it suddenly went whoop. And whereas the first six months were about 50,000, by the second six months, we'd hit a million. And it was just incredible. And I thought to myself, if only I knew, it reminded me of Malcolm Gladwell's book, The Tipping Point. Right. There was that tipping point at about the six months where some connector who has a gazillion followers on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, whatever it was, must have said, hey, just saw this really neat TED Talk. Click this and check it out yourself. And poof, I, I wish I knew who it was so I could send them a fruit basket or something <laughs> as a thank you. But I have no idea who that person was or what suddenly made it explode that way. I was getting about 10,000 hits a day at one point. It was, it was completely amazing. And now a few years later, we're at 6 million, which is really inspiring. Okay, so we're coming into the close of this episode, Lauren. You've, you've really dropped a lot of great knowledge and some nuggets here. Where can we find you? How can we connect? By all means, please go to iTunes where you should be right now if you're listening to Marlo's show in the first place or whatever other platform it is and check out Speaking to Influence, the podcast and speakingtoinfluence.com, the website for more information. And if you're looking for more information about coaching, training or other speaking engagements, you can go to my business website, which is vocalimpactproductions.com. Excellent. And you've got a little giveaway. You've got a, an offering that um, you want to share. Yes, absolutely. It is the quick start guide to mastering the three C's, which again are to command the room, connect with the audience and close the deal. And you can download that for free. And it's a great uh, quick infographic with some quick pointers about what to think about, how to behave, what to be mindful of in your speech in order to get those desired results fast. 
Absolutely. Well, this has been an absolute delight, Laura. I know that there was just so much shared and influence is, is the key and how you command, how you communicate and um, how you close is everything. So thank you for sharing your, your knowledge today. If this episode left you feeling inspired, you can connect with us on our Performing Get Paid Facebook community page where we will keep the conversation going and answer any questions that you have. So Laura, again, thanks for your time and for sharing your knowledge. It has been a pleasure, Marlo. Did you enjoy this podcast? If so, subscribe, leave a review, and tell your friends. As your Chief Inspirational Officer, I coach passionate entrepreneurs like you to achieve complete confidence and clarity to reach your one-year goal in 90 days. Learn how you can get more done in less time with my number one proven formula for consistency and clarity. Simply go to go.marlohiggins.com to download. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll catch you next week on 22 Motivational Minutes with Marlo.